0: Are you ready for this welcome to principles with Corey and logan i'm cory i'm logan and we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you welcome to the principles podcast Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. Uh, today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, we, we typically have some other guests on where we get the opportunity to interview them and love hearing their stories because everybody that we come in contact with, they've got a story, they've got a lesson learned, they've got an experience to share, and we love hearing people's stories. Uh, but doing something a little bit different today, today is a solo episode. And um, another thing that's a little bit different today is typically we stay in leadership, personal growth, um, entrepreneur space. Today we're going to be in the faith space. And today the title of our episode is The Heart of the Father. So I wanted to share something with you guys um, that came to me the other day. I would, I had been praying, I, I caught. One of my prayers is that um, I noticed that a lot of my prayers were kind of self-centered and self-focused. And then I started praying and I needed to shift. I realized that I started praying that, God, what is your heart? Father, what is your heart and what do you want us to know? And um, if, if you followed me much, you may think I'm, I'm weird and that is totally okay. So Sunday morning, I woke up with this image that popped up into my mind. Remember, I had been praying, what is your heart, Father? And this image popped into my mind and just kind of describe this image to you real quick was if I'm sure you have seen the Last Supper image. Most of you, whether you're in the faith space or not, uh, you've probably at least seen the Last Supper image, you know, where uh, Jesus and the disciples are in the upper room and they're all around this table and they're gathered around him. They're real close to Jesus and all of that. Well, in this image that I got on Sunday, it just flashed across my mind. It's very similar to that where Jesus was right in the middle and there's this long table and around the table were people. And... um, the, the table and the people around the table represented the church, the current church. And at the bottom of this image was this very chaotic scene, very chaotic scene. There was a lot of violence. There was a lot of protest. There was a lot of anger. There was sexual immorality, just super chaotic scene. And in this image, Jesus was right in the middle, and he was longingly and lovingly looking out at this chaotic scene and almost tearfully, you could see a tear coming out of his eye as he looked out at this chaotic scene. Well, in the, in the image that I got that was slightly different from the Last Supper scene, in the Last Supper scene, you can see everybody's close to Jesus and even John is laying over on his chest. Well, in this scene, there was a separation between Jesus and the people close to him in fact the guy to the right of Jesus was a, was far away but he he had alcohol and he was drinking alcohol and he was getting drunk he was drunk and it wasn't the fact that he was drinking alcohol it wasn't the alcohol it wasn't even the fact that he was getting drunk but why he was getting drunk and and why he was getting drunk in this scene was to escape. He was trying to escape the chaos around him. He was trying to escape the worries and the anxiety and the fears. And he was using alcohol as an escape instead of looking just, just to his left to Jesus. And in this image, the guy was using alcohol, but people use many other things, maybe use prescription medication. Some use pornography. Maybe some use whatever you want to insert in as your way to escape the chaos and the worries and the fears and all those kind of things. I just want to read a couple of verses of scripture to you. Uh, This one right here is uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And actually, actually this is uh, 1 Peter 5, 7. So this is 1 Peter 5, 7. Um, It says... That cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. And then I want to read Philippians 4 6 through 7 to you, as well as as we're kind of looking into this. Philippians 4 6 through 7 says, and this is one that probably heard if you've uh, been around the church for very long, but it says, Do not be anxious about. Anything, nothing, not a thing, right? Don't be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I'll tell you, one of the things I've really been looking into lately are the promises found in scripture. I think it's very easy for us to read scripture and uh, put somebody else in there, right? Like if I'm reading Psalms and I said, okay, well, I can see those promises for David. I can see that. Or uh, maybe I can see that for Peter and Paul and James, or maybe even my pastor or other people, but taking those promises and and receiving them for myself and inserting me and making it personal, right? And I've been looking at these promises in, in this Philippians 4. There's an interesting promise right here. It talks about don't be anxious or worried about anything. Right. And then then the promise is the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds. And I find that very interesting that that's the promise that the peace of God will wash over you. You don't have to be worried or anxious or fearful. And I was looking, there's different translation. It says, don't be worried. You know, worry is kind of that fear of uh, something going wrong or fear of losing something or uh, something not going the way I think it should. But anxious, anxious. I don't fall down the worry trap very much. But that anxious, I, I look that up and anxious is I, I kind of worried about um, I feel like I'm doing something. I've got somewhere to go, but I want it in my time and I'm, I'm trying to push it out of God's time and into my time. So I'm like, let's go right now. That's being anxious. And scripture says, don't be anxious or worried about anything, but cast all your cares upon him because he cares about you. So in this image right here where this guy, he is, he's taking alcohol as a way to escape instead of looking to Jesus, right? Or even looking out at that chaotic scene and asking the, the heart of the father, what can I do about that chaotic scene? All right, so that was to the right of Jesus. And, and to the next, uh, to the right of that guy were these two other people, and they were sitting there, and they, they were kind of facing each other, but both of them were on their cell phones. Both of them were looking at their cell phones, weren't paying any attention to their surroundings, weren't paying any attention to each other, and they missed the opportunity for community and connection with the person beside them and then to the right of them was this this guy he was he was a super angry guy he was he was standing up and he was mad and he you could tell he was yelling out out at that chaotic scene he was pointing the finger out at that chaotic scene and just telling them how bad they were and um i want want to read you uh john 3 16 and 17 Uh, obviously you probably heard this one um before. John 3.16 and 17. Uh, uh, all of us have heard this one. So John 3.16 and 17. So this is 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Check out 17 though. 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. See, Jesus said he was not sent to condemn the world, but to save it. I want you to check out Second Peter 3, 9 here. It says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as someone understands slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Not wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I got one more verse of scripture here for you. And then I want to kind of talk about this guy who's standing up and he's yelling out at the chaotic scene, just telling the chaotic scene how bad they are. So this is Ezekiel 33, and I'm going to read you Ezekiel 33, 11, but kind of give you a, a little bit of a backstory on this Um word of god comes to Ezekiel and says son of man i make you a watchman over the house of israel and here's what you're going to do if i give you a word to go say to someone or to say to the house of israel to turn away from their wickedness and you don't go tell them that person is going to die in their sins but their blood is going to be on your hand if i tell you something about someone or the house of israel to warn them and then you go back and you do warn them but they don't turn from their sins, then they're going to die from their sins, but their blood will be on them and not on you. So this is Ezekiel thirty three eleven. It says, say to them, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, people of Israel? So Jesus, God, he does not have a desire to see uh, people, people die in their sins. And this guy who's standing up, he's yelling out at the chaotic scene, telling the chaotic scene just how bad they are. You know, we tend to look out at this chaotic scene and all the bad stuff of the world through our own eyes, and we start to get condemned and we tell the chaotic scene just how chaotic it is instead of looking out through the loving eyes of Jesus Anyone, I'm, I'm telling you guys, anybody can call out the dirt in the lives of other people. Anybody, it takes no skill whatsoever to tell somebody what's wrong with them. That's easy. People And most people, uh, a lot of people are well aware of the sin that's in their lives. Some people, they're, they've been blinded, and that's a, another topic for another day. But they know the sin that's in their lives, and people don't need... Um, That And and let me tell you this, the way I say it in leadership is as leaders, we want to be the ones that call out the diamonds and gold in the lives of other people. It's easy for people to tell, tell people all the mistakes that they've done. And it's not that we're making mistakes light, and it's not that we're making sin light or the mistakes of the people we lead. We're, We're not overlooking those. It's that we choose to introduce people to their potential, Right choose to teach people and and show people their potential. And in this scene, we want to introduce people to the one who can wash away their sins, who can take them out of that chaotic scene. Jesus said, I come to give life and life abundantly, right? And we we want to introduce them to Jesus to bring them out of that chaotic scene. And, And just by angrily yelling at them and telling them how chaotic and how bad they are, that ain't going to do it, all right? That, that just ain't going to do it. <clears throat> this is what I had to write right down. We can't do that by focusing on the chaotic scene only by drawing near to Jesus and knowing how he wants to engage with people and what he wants to say in their lives. In Zechariah, it talks about not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. But my spirit, Holy Spirit knows exactly how we should respond and engage with each individual. And instead of yelling and focusing on the chaotic scene, we look to the table to where Jesus is and see what he wants us to do, how to engage. There's an interesting story in the Old Testament where David is going up against the Philistines and he goes to God. And there's seven times this happens. He goes up to God and he says, hey, um, should I go up against the Philistines? And God's like, yep, go up and get them. I've given them over to you. Next time, same thing. Happens six times. Each time he continues to go to God to ask God for guidance. He he didn't say, well, you know, this is what God did in the past. I'm sure this is how he wants me to respond now. Each time David went to God and on that seventh time, God said, nope, I want you to go around behind them. I want you to wait till you hear the rustling in the trees and then you go up. So it, it is key for us to press in. To Jesus press in the Holy spirit and see how he wants us to respond in every situation and all things, all things bring to him. So, all right. On the, that was on the right side of Jesus on the left side of Jesus. Again, we're talking about this scene that this image that I that I had on um, Sunday on the left side of Jesus was this person <laughs> and this person there is holding up a, a cell phone as you know, they was doing like the selfie thing. They were taking their selfie and they were focused on themselves and on their own desires and their own dreams. And they had plans to make a success out of themselves, but they had left Jesus out of the planet. Right? They had all these plans and all these dreams, and they were relying on their own wisdom, on their own knowledge, and they had left Jesus out of the planning. Another verse of Scripture that you guys are, I'm sure, very familiar with, uh, Jeremiah um, 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. And you guys can go back and look at the context of that. But, but the promise holds true, too, that each one of us, God has a plan for, and I don't know about you. Uh, scripture also talks about his thoughts and his ways are much higher than mine. And uh, I'm sure that any plan that God has for my life is far greater and far better than anything that I can come up with on my own. So um, instead of focusing on myself, I need to focus on what God plan- God has planned for me. All right, so the last group of people in this image was there's this um, it's kind of like a, a group of people, three or four people, and they were, there was a TV on the table, and they were all just all in to the TV. They were all leaned into the TV. They were totally checked out from the world. They were checked out from focusing on Jesus. They were checked out from looking out at the chaotic scene. They were just focused in on this TV, right? They had checked out and uh they, they weren't focused on their surroundings or or whatever. And it wasn't that they were watching the TV. That 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 wasn't the real issue, but their heart set and their mindset was I made it to the table. I made it into the kingdom. I got my ticket punched for eternity. So I'm good. I'm good. I'm satisfied. And they took themselves out of the world. They took themselves out of the world. They were disengaged from the world around them and they and they were focused on TV disengaged and this is John 17, 17 15 through 18 right here Jesus is praying for his disciples here he says I do not pray that you should take them out of the world but that you should keep them from the evil one they are not of the world just as I am not of the world sanctify them by your truth your word is truth as you sent me into the world I also send them into the world. We don't, he doesn't want us to check out and disengage from that chaotic scene. We are to go into the chaotic scene and introduce them to the heart of the father. Last last verse of scripture right here, Matthew 28. This is the great commission. Jesus came to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? The whole point of this image that I got is the Father God is saying that my people have become distracted. They've become disengaged, and he wants us to come back to him, come back to our first love. He says that I've come to give life and life abundantly, these, these were living the satisfied life that people right there. But Jesus says, my people have become distracted by focusing on the things of the world, on business, on their own desires, on their own businesses. He says, Dry, "He's saying, draw near to me, look to me and focus on me and I will give you peace, not the peace of the world, but the peace beyond your understanding. Look to me and I will give you clarity and vision and direction, but you must draw near to me. Hey guys, I just wanted to share that with you guys today. I hope that has added value to you. I know this is a little bit different of a podcast episode, um, but hey, make sure to subscribe and like. And if this is added value to you, I uh, would love to hear your comments below. We'd love to look at that and uh, feel free to share with a friend or family member. We look forward to seeing you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. As you go about your day, remember to ask yourself as a parent,